Built by Medal of Honor and Call of Duty Modern Warfare veterans, Titanfall developer Respawn's latest game, Apex Legends, is turning in its cinematic single-player and arena multiplayer for a bombastic twist on the Battle Royale genre. The result is a highly polished, approachable shooter that's already breaking records and proving again the developer knows how to innovate. The biggest surprise hit of the year has left us with a lot to talk about. What's up everybody? Uh, this is the SDGC crew here to talk about Apex Legends. It just came out last week. Uh, I want to introduce the crew that's with me. Guys, who's here? Brandon. Maddie. Justin. All right, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> really, right, right down Love the road. The, intro. intro. <laughs> the intros are always great. Yeah. Beautiful. We always kill. Beautiful intro. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah. So last week, uh, Respawn, who make the Titanfall games, officially announced Apex Legends and simultaneously released it on the same day. It is a battle royale game. Uh, Maddie, will you tell me about what Respawn's uh, Titanfall games are uh, for people who might not have been following those games? Uh, so the Titanfall games are sci-fi series. Um, they're kind of their their hook is this parkour movement wall running and mantling and just like really fast um arena based combat um and they're made with titans with titans which are huge mechs that just drop from the sky um and they're made by um former uh call of duty developers who are responsible for call of duty 4 um and a lot of the ones before that, uh, actually the original one. And Metal interestingly Honor. enough, there's a, there's a lot of Treyarch developers too, like uh, yeah. Call of Duty Three and World at War. Like yeah. I noticed a lot of guys did Call of Duty Three and then World at War, and then jumped over to Infinity Ward for Modern Warfare Two. So like, there's a lot of guys who didn't work on Call of Duty One, but then they jumped over like right before Modern Warfare Two. Which yeah. I think is right. So these guys know how to right. make first-person shooters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they and Titanfall Two and Titanfall One. Uh, we're really big in these multiplayer arena shooters, but but Battle Royale is a totally new avenue uh, uh, for the developer. Brandon, for people who have been sleeping on the Battle Royale genre, can you give us a quick overhead of what makes B uh, Battle Royale different from other traditional multiplayer? So at the, the the basic thing of it is the thrill you get. For what makes it what makes it different from just regular deathmatch is it's you know it's the one v one hundred but when you kill someone they're they're back to the lobby they're dead they have to start a new match you get all their you get all the stuff that they've been collecting for ten fifteen minutes like it's that rush you get that's kind of what makes battle royale special and it's kind of like a continue the way Counter Strike uh, changed deathmatch from like forcing you to sit out the entire round if you died like battle royale just pushed that further it's like you're sitting out the entire game. Right, right, and it's it's traditionally one big map. You drop with nothing. Uh, everybody drops from a ship, and they have to spread out and kind of uh, as circles get smaller on a map, they kind of close in on each other, which is like really taken over most of the multiplayer gaming in the last like two years, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like an extension of the the popularity of the survival genre from like you know five six years ago with Daisy and right. This is like a right. and, and battle royale feels like a condensed version of that. Yeah, absolutely. And and Justin, the way that uh, this game was announced and released is pretty unorthodox, especially considering Respawn's publisher uh, is EA, right? Can you kind of talk to us about like the release of this game and, and kind of what made that so unique? Yeah, so this game didn't really have a traditional marketing cycle at all. Um, we started getting like some like leaks like the Thursday before it came out. 
that Respawn was going to be releasing a Battle Royale game because they had called a bunch of influencers in uh, to play it. But we, we didn't really have any hard info. Um, some stuff leaked out, but nothing really too specific. We heard, you know, it wasn't going to have the kind of movement that made Titanfall. We knew it wasn't going to have Titans, and we knew it was in the Titanfall universe. And Which that's just kind of makes it sound like it's going to be Call of Duty, right? Because that's what... Yeah, like, and, like, that's those what Titanfall rumors is. were kind of... Call of Duty with wall running and mechs. Yeah. <laughs> but then they so, took out like, the wall running and the mechs. <laughs> yeah, so, like, those rumors were a little unnerving. But it's not. And but then, it's not Call of Duty. It's it's so much more. Yeah. Um. So those rumors were a little unnerving, and, uh, you know, Sunday they just said, by the way... Monday, we're announcing a game called Apex Legends. Watch our watch our stream, and then they did a four hour teaser thing, which um, and then at three p.m. Eastern, they played a short trailer and then said available now. And they've actually specifically said that um, they kind of read the room <laughs> ahead of time because they knew you know just some of those details that I had mentioned would be a bit unnerving. The fact it's a free to play game. Um, for their first game after fully getting fully purchased by Electronic Arts. Yeah, imagine if um, all the negativity you were seeing over that Saturday and Sunday was allowed to fester over, like, months. Months, yeah. Right. And so they, they just said they wanted people to be able to play it and let the game speak for itself. And um, it seems like that's been a gamble that has paid off quite well, um, going by the metrics that they have released so far. Right. And and for those who haven't been following it, uh, does anybody have the most recent update over the weekend that Respawn released on how well the game is doing? Maddie, do you remember that? Um, it was 25 million unique users, and what was the concurrence? It was like over 3 million? Over two. Over two? Over two million. An indiscriminate, yeah. yeah, indistinct number somewhere around two and three million. Yeah. Right, and we should we should say these numbers are all lumped together across PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's been a monumental release. Uh, to contextualize some of those numbers, uh, for Fortnite to hit that 10 million unique users number, it took uh, 14 days. Respawn did it in, I think, two or three. Uh, of course, there's a bigger market for Battle Royale now. People know what, B, you know what good BR should feel like, and I think it made the audience a little bit more ready for a new game. Um, but, I mean, it, it has undeniably been a standout game in the last week. And, and kind of talking about it, guys, what to you makes Apex Legends stand out compared to other BR games, and and Titanfall, for, for that matter. Justin, I'll throw it to you first if, you, if you're ready, buddy. Okay. Um, yeah, so for me, like, I've kind of dabbled in um, several BR games. I haven't found one that had clicked until this one. Um, and I think for me, uh, it's... What separates it is, um, well, one, it looks good and runs well. Um, right, right which kind of takes it above PUBG uh, pretty quick. Um, sure. I've really wanted a first-person um, Battle Royale, um, which kind of takes it beyond, like, Fortnite and stuff. Plus, I'm not a fan of, like, the building mechanics in Fortnite. This doesn't have those at all. Um, and I'm just, in general, a big fan of Titanfall. And even though they removed, you know, the wall running and Titans, like, there's still so much Titanfall DNA in the base, just movement. You can slide, you can climb. You're pretty... Every character is pretty quick. 
um, the guns feel really, really good to use. And the the map is right. designed well to let you use the sliding. Like, there's a lot oh, yeah, the, of, like, verticality to the map, so you can slide down pretty long. Yeah, and, like, you, yeah. you can climb, like, 12-foot yeah, walls yeah, and stuff. Yeah, Like, it's, um... I, I, have, like, I have climbed some pretty steep mountains. Yeah, right. um, for me, I think it's just the general movement and, um, gunplay is just so good. In this it's game. so polished. I, I think one thing that a lot of us have come to accept from Battle Royale, whether whether we're talking about Arma and PUBG or even games like Fortnite, there is something that we kind of accept with those games, right? Like like PUBG, it's always been movement is a little bit wonky, a little bit clunky. Fortnite has always been the shooting is a little bit stiff and you can't really switch shoulders. And here it's like this, this hyper-polished, it performs pretty solid at, at 60 frames per second. It looks good. And the gunplay is, I mean, Call of Duty slash, you know, response, staple, hyper-polished, diverse it, it, feel, it, it does. The guns feel like Titanfall, except that the bullets have some drop, and, you know, you have to lead your targets sometimes. Like, But, but. even that, like, because I actually played Blackout again a few weeks ago. Um, they were having a free week, and I wanted to try it out, because I'd only tried it out in the beta. And in that, I don't think they adapted the... Um, the traditional feel of Call of Duty weapons very well to having projectiles and longer range encounters in a like that are kind of typical for the battle royale genre. Whereas I never got Apex a good Legends, feel for the way snipers felt in Blackout. Yeah, like Apex Legends still feels like Titanfall, even with like the those added changes, and I think it feels really good. Right. Right, Maddie. Is there anything to you that really makes Apex Legends stand out compared to other games you've played in the genre? Um, yeah, I think the movement is probably the biggest thing. Um, I really love the the kind of hero system they got going there. Um, it's very Overwatch like. Um, although I I like the characters a lot more than um, I like the Overwatch characters, which I'm sure we'll get to them in a bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you were saying, it's just so polished um, and. I played Blackout last year and it just, it felt like just a hodgepodge of like this cobbled together game. But uh, Apex just feels like a complete package right now and they can move forward from here and add things to it. Whereas every Battle Royale I've played, Fortnite, PUBG, they either start in early access or they're released fully, but they feel incomplete. Um, Right. So you all you just kind of are like biding your time until it feels I mean, I, like the I full thing. I tried Fortnite when it first came out, and I uninstalled it immediately, and then came back to it a year later because that's how long it took them to make it to where I wanted to play it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. another thing that I think was so bold about this release plan for this game is almost every BR has launched in early access or a beta. This it's out. Like yep. there, yep. Apex Legends is out, and it feels like a complete game. Right. And I think, I think uh, so the game, as, as Justin mentioned earlier, the game kind of leaked on a Friday, and we kind of had uh, a couple days to think about it, and then EA uh, and Respawn came out on Monday and released it. Um, and, and during that time, over that weekend, a lot of people were, were saying, you know, uh, the obvious, which is, oh, they were bought by, by EA, and of course the first thing they do is go for this, you know, uh, cash grab. Where they're, and, and then instead, it, it turns out this is like... Right, and like this, instead, especially compared to something like Blackout, it feels so thoughtful. It feels like they had been thinking about the game for a long time. Uh, and, and frankly, 
Uh, one of the things I, I always have pushed back about is the game, the idea that this game feels iterative and doesn't bring anything new to the table because it feels inherently so different. And, and one small thing that I think is different from other BR games, but also different from every other uh, multiplayer game I've played uh, in memory is the introduction of like the pinging system. Does anybody really want to talk about the pinging system and introduce that for people who, who haven't given Apex a chance yet? I, I'd love to. Um, that's, okay, please do. Um, so kind of piggybacking off of what I said earlier is, you know, it hit those specific things that I had wanted from a Battle Royale game for a long time. However, like there's a lot of things that they have added on top of that that I think makes the game much more accessible and also, at the same time, more competitive. Um, and the pinging system, I think, is probably one of these most br one of the most brilliant additions I think I've seen in a multiplayer game in a long time. Um, basically, you can look at almost anything in the game world: um, any weapon, attachment, any loot on the ground. Um, you can hit R1. Your character will specifically call out what it is. It will be highlighted for other characters on screen. They can respond whether they want it or not. Um, you can t point out and pinpoint enemy directions. You can p like let people know where you're going. You can let them know what you're doing. You can share so much information without even having to use a microphone, and it's extremely quick um, and easy to use for everybody. So I mean, even if you get shot at, a, a prompt comes up that says on PC it says press H to warn teammates, and yeah, if you press yeah. that, your character will vocalize the position of someone that's shooting at you and tell the team what weapon they're shooting at you with. What do you need a microphone for? Yeah, it, right. It makes it it makes it so much easier to get in because um, also one thing that um, I don't think we mentioned that kind of differentiates this from other BR games is. Currently, the game is a squads-only game. Um, right. You're currently. always in a three-man squad. 20 teams of three. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 60 players. I think that could have been a really dangerous decision, but the ping system makes it so that like it almost it almost makes the game feel far better than like playing Fortnite solo because you have like this support system that like even if you don't know those people, even if you're not in like constant vo vocal communication with them like there is a very like tactical element to the game yeah. just through that ping system inherently right and one thing that i just kind of want to expand upon a little bit is is just how well thought out um and integral to the design the pinging system is for example if you are uh if you look at your inventory and you see that you don't have a helmet you can hover the cursor over that spot and click on it and you will your character will vocalize to your team that you are searching for a helmet so without vocalizing anything personally without using a microphone you can tell your team hey listen i still need a helmet and you can basically um, set yourself up to to never have to say a word to to strangers on the internet, not expose yourself to to possible toxicity, and still feel like you're committed to uh, the, this team structure. Like, it just feels. And it's all it's all done I mean, with the character's own like voice actor, so it keeps you in right. in the world, like keeps you immersed. Yeah, and the other right. the other thing about the ping system that I don't think a lot of people have really thought well i'm sure people have thought about it but it hasn't really been the focus of the ping system is that like from an accessibility standpoint some people cannot use microphones like some people just cannot vocalize because of a disability or just being too anxious to use a microphone or something so it like it allows them to get in on the tactical and be helpful yeah yeah yeah, yeah. extremely and that, helpful and right that's actually something i wanted to mention too because 
sometimes, especially with, like, um, I've talked about this in the past, how, like, especially a lot of, like, hero-based competitive multiplayer games can kind of give me quite a bit of social anxiety because they get to be so serious. Oh, dude, requires... I sweat like crazy playing Fortnite. Like, just yeah, running and... around. Like, nothing's happening. And I'm just, I'm running through the woods and, like, yeah. my pits are going crazy. I'm like, and they, oh, why do I they... play this game? It makes me so anxious <laughs> and nervous. And they require so much communication. Um, and sometimes I just don't feel like using a microphone or I feel, you know, out of place. Like, from the first game I played in Apex... I wasn't worried about that at all. And I think it also, um, like, that's it from an accessibility standpoint, but I think it also makes, you know, some of the characters that, like, some of the people that, you know, would often be referred to as, like, shitty randoms that, you know, don't have a mic on, like, they're not as much of an issue because, like, you know, you can tell them what to do and then they can respond and then they can also communicate. Like, it makes lower-skill players... Um, you know, more viable yeah. in teams with higher skill players, as well as just allowing it, everybody to be able to um, just generally communicate. And I think that kind yeah. of helps lower some of the toxicity. Like, you're not going to be getting as angry at your teammates because you are able to, uh, they're able to communicate with you and you're able to communicate with them, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and one thing I kind of want to unpack with that is is this idea that um, in Fortnite or in PUBG, it often feels like if you are not somebody who is good in close quarters or, or sniping in those games, then you are useless to your team. Yeah, it feels you like you are. can't really help you really with the are. pinging system. Unless you're just straight up system, giving them items that you're finding or something, like you're pretty worthless. Right. Yeah. Well, but but it, with this, you can you can you, you can still be the person who does spotting. You can still be somebody who is looking out for shields for your for your companions. There are so many ways that this system allows you to make meaningful contributions without having to challenge your your gun. Like you can be a shitty tactician in this game, but still be useful to your team, and that's and that's good, right? Like it's it's a way to onboard people who are not familiar. With I mean, this it's even and possible. the legend system. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. It's even possible to, if you're a player who doesn't want to fight and you run away and your two teammates die, if you, if you really want to, you can hide and wait for the team to loot their dead bodies and run away and then go pick up their uh, key cards and respawn them, and you're a hero. Right. Oh, and that's you right. Never, you never to, had to, to fire to a gun or anything. To kind of contextualize that, let's, let's jump into the actual gameplay that, that again kind of further differentiates uh, Apex Legends from other Battle Royale games. And I think one of the big ones, besides, you know, there's no Titans and it's got this polished shooting, um, is uh, is the fact that there's actual respawns. Typically in, in Battle Royale, it's you get one life, and if you're dead, you're out, you go back to the lobby, and you queue up for another match. In this game, because it is squad-based, you go into a down-but-not-out state, and if you are killed from there, your companion can come up to your crate, grab your dog tag equivalent, uh, and you can bring them to a respawn station where they will be dropped in again with nothing, and they will have another opportunity to, to get back into the fight and contribute to the team, which is, like, huge, right? That that feels like that is maybe... It's won me many uh, games that were, yeah, that were yeah, otherwise and, unwinnable. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, like, and as, last night I had a moment where, um, you know, my two team members had been eliminated. They were down to just their crates. I came in. I finished off the squad. I recovered both of their... Um, both of their cards respawned them. We geared up and we went all the way, I think to second in that game. And like, it made this awesome clutch moment. And that was also kind of exciting 
for the um, other members of my squad that were dead because they got to come back because yeah, I they're pulled wa- it off. and they're watching you clutch that out yeah. in spectator mode. Yeah, right, right, and and just just one more thing before we move on from from uh, uh, the respawn system. One of the things that keeps this thing so balanced is that throughout the world there are probably a dozen respawn stations, and once one team uses it, or even once you use it, you cannot come back to that same station. That station goes yeah. offline, and so so there, you're never in a situation where teams are endlessly bringing people back. Uh, it's just like this really fine-tuned thing, but of course, you know, a developer called Respawn has, has got to bring that mechanic <laughs> back, right? Yeah. Um, so we've, we've, we've kind of touched on character classes. Maddie, will you kind of talk to us uh, at the high level what these character classes are bringing to uh, the Battle Royale genre? Yeah, so there is, um, is there eight or ten? There's eight, correct. Uh, there yeah, are eight of these legends. Yeah, six of them are... Um, there for everybody for free and then two of them uh caustic and mirage are uh bought with the premium currency of the game um and they're fairly cheap it takes a while but you you'll, can... you'll be able yep. to unlock your first hero at about level 22 somewhere around there yeah so they're not like they're not pay to win or anything like all the all the legends are very balanced um they each have a passive um uh what's the q skill called what's the tactical tactical um and an ultimate ability um and so for let's say like gibraltar his uh passive is that he has a shield mounted on his gun that covers his torso um when you aim your weapon um his tactical ability is a bubble shield and then his ultimate ability is a mortar strike so they all have this kind of like range of abilities yeah, and just to say it's a little more streamlined than overwatch because overwatch yep. some heroes have more abilities than others some have less some have passives some don't everyone has like one passive one tactical one ultimate. yeah yeah it feels like right. they all have like their their role to contribute to the match no matter what your setup is but some of them like complement each other really well um i know zach we found that uh gibraltar and lifeline um, his bubble shield combined with her um, healing drone and right. uh, revive ability is just like so clutch. Uh, right, right, yeah. Life Lifeline is a character who uh, has several abilities. She's arguably one of the most uh, powerful passive characters in the game in that she doesn't have a lot of offensive attacks, but she can put down a shield while reviving, uh, or yeah, while reviving a teammate. Uh, she has a bot that will that can stand in a place and heal teammates who are within proximity. Uh, yeah, she is. She is arguably one of the most powerful and and essential. She also in, in revives the game. her teammates faster and uses consumable healing items faster. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, she's she's absolutely essential, and I think that's also part of what feels so good about this being a game that is based on you and companions playing together. Uh, is that these characters are designed to be different from each other, but also complementary, right? Uh, like you you need an offensive character. Uh, typically to act as a distraction for your, your support players that can heal at the other And time. every hero it's is just... still using the same guns as everyone else. Like, you're st- the game still revolves around FPS. Yeah, basics. like, the, that's one thing I like is, like, movement isn't different between each class. Like, they're not locked to a specific weapon and stuff. That's one thing that's always kind of, you know, annoyed me in other games that have, like, a hero or legends or operator kind of system is that, you know, usually part of that character is just what weapon they have or how they move. And in Apex, like, that's all the same across um, every character. 
Um, right. And every character is also, like, viable, too. Like, I've never been in a situation where I'm like, oh, it's bad that they picked this character. Yeah, like, I don't really um, that either. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think right now it's really easy to feel that way. Um, and it, it does make me nervous in the long term because they're going to start introducing characters. Like, right now it feels so tuned where every character feels exceptional yeah. and, and everyone complements each other so well. It'll be interesting to see how they balance that going forward. Yeah, I hope um, they're a bit more careful than something like Rainbow Six Siege where, like, things have shifted so much over time and they've added so much that, like, yeah. a lot you know, of the course... Like, Overwatch is at 30 yeah. heroes now. Yeah. Right. Right, and, and so we, we've kind of talked a lot about diversity in the way the characters uh, operate and play in the field, but I think one thing that I also found myself very impressed and pleased with with uh, Apex Legends is how Respawn has approached character diversity and how thoughtful they've been, uh, especially compared to games like Overwatch, where it feels like they're kind of uh, uh, going in in post and kind of retconning some diversity into their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody want to talk about that? Yeah, I particularly want to talk about um, Bloodhound because I think yeah. they're a very, very cool example. So um, when the character bios came out, uh, Bloodhound um, is a character that's like a tracker character. Um, they have a hat covered in a mask. Like you can't see any of them at all. Um, their voice is generally kind of masked and ambiguous um, because of the mask. Like a filter, yeah. Like the, yeah, there, there's like a filter a over it. Sort of um, and, you know, in the bio, it, you know, always referred to to um, Bloodhound as they, which I just assumed was because they were, you know, a mysterious stranger type character. We don't know what their face looks like or anything. But the voice actor actually came out and said that they had a long discussion on the first day of recording that um, Bloodhound is canonically a non-binary character, which I don't, I can't name another non-binary character in any game. Um, And so that was really, really cool um, to see because it's a group that I have not seen represented in games, much less this giant triple A title. I thought that was really, really cool. Right. In the fact that they sh- they said on day one of voice acting they had this plan for Bloodhound. Yeah. It just it just shows that they're being thoughtful. But even beyond Bloodhound, right? We've we've got uh two two black characters in the game, two gay characters in the game. Uh I mean there's there's just such a, a great degree of of wanting to feel like your player base can be represented here, uh in, in a myriad of ways. It just it shows a, a level of consciousness that that I can really appreciate. Yeah. Um. And then in addition, this is this is not about diversity, but one thing I can just appreciate because it's just one of my favorite characters in the game, um, the the classic robot that some people might be familiar with, uh, from <laughs> from Titanfall is here as a character named Pathfinder. Uh, it is it is not the most essential character He's back in the for game. A but that personality that they've given this robot is exceptional. Yeah, like... And the the funniest have... part is that that robot in Titanfall 1 and 2 is just, like, an innocent bystander that you would just, like, mow down for no reason. He's just a janitor bot in, yeah, the first, yeah. in the original games. Yeah, it was, right. it was just there to be shot. Um, right. Yeah, like, that's also one thing I like just about the general character personalities. Like, there's some jokey lines and stuff, but nobody feels, like, over the top. It all feels fitting with the setting. Yeah, and I think... They would. It would have been so easy for them to just not have done anything interesting with these characters. Like, they they could have had the most milk toast, boring characters, but like they went the extra mile and made these characters very like interesting, diverse. They all have really 
unique backgrounds. Um, I, I read I mean, the bios. They could have I had never... Call of Duty Blackouts characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, right. you, can you name any well, of those characters? Like... Well, and, and I think what makes this, like, to tie back to our earlier point, right? Like, the pinging system in tandem with these characters allows for characterization that we do not see in BR, mm -hmm. let alone multiplayer shooters, and even greater than things like Overwatch. Like, there is character interaction here happening organically because of the pinging system. It, it just, again, if there was one word I would use to describe this game, it's thoughtful. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, we, we talked a lot about the characters. Um, do, you, do you guys want to talk about characters that we personally have been maining and, and kind of why we're sticking with those people? Sure. Got to talk about your oh. mains. You, we got it. Maddie, well, you, Maddie, you've been a little bit quiet, buddy. You want to talk to us about your main characters? Sure, yeah. Uh, I pretty much have th about three um, that I've been going back and forth between. Um, Bloodhound, I think, is the one I use the most. Uh, their tracking ability is so useful. Um, they, their passive basically marks like open doors or um, footsteps and stuff so you can kind of like get a sense of oh this person was someone was walking here like 30 seconds ago and you can follow the trail and know what you're about to come up against um and their tactical ability will mark people in a certain radius through walls um i found that one to be kind of problematic because if you mark people and then you walk around the corner you'll see their outline and but you won't you'll kind of like hone in on it and they might be a little bit away and you get a little bit distracted um and then their ultimate um, we'll just mark people in red. Like if they're moving and you're kind of in a hectic firefight, you can really like laser in uh, on. It them. works so well with Bangalore's smoke. Yeah, so she can just like shoot the smoke and then Bloodhound pops the ult and he's got wall hacks of it basically. Yep. Yeah, I was up against a team once that uh, shot smoke and they thought they recovered and I used my ultimate and picked all three of them off through the smoke. Um, and then I use uh, lately I've been using Gibraltar a lot. Um, Mostly because Zach, you've been playing Lifeline, and that bubble shield is just so good. Um, I've been throwing the bubble shield up a lot, actually, and then chucking the mortar at my feet so that people coming into the bubble shield just get nailed with all the mortars. Um, nice. And then Wraith, I've, I've been trying to get into Wraith. Uh, she's a very hard character to like, kind of wrap your head around. Um, her ult is hard to use. Yeah, yeah her ult is um, she throws a portal down, and you start running faster, um, and you can run like a mile away, drop a portal, and then you, you get in the portal and you go right back to the first portal you uh, you went to. Um, and that creates a lot of really interesting like ambush situations or you could throw a portal down and try to draw people into it so your your friends can ambush them when they come out of it. Um, so I'm still kind of wrapping my head around her, but like her abilities are so unique that I really want to get a lot deeper into mastering her. Right. Brandon, do you, do you have any alts, or not alts, I'm sorry, uh, mains that you've been coming back to a lot? Yeah, I love to play support heroes in Overwatch, mostly like Zenyatta and Lucio and stuff like that. So Lifeline fit right in for me with the uh, nice. the healing drone. And uh, she can, her ultimate ability is calling down supply drops for the team, which have a very right, high but... chance of purple rarity items. So give her, yeah. give her all the yeah. ultimate accelerants and just keep dropping supply drops for your team. Yeah, Life Lifeline is also my main, and it just feels like she is such an essential character for, like, if you're not playing her, somebody else on your team better be, if you really yeah. want to make it when, in those late game you, close fights. If your Lifeline is not using their healing drone, like, you notice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I'll just tack on to that in addition to, to Lifeline for me. I've also been playing a lot with Pathfinder, and not because, so Pathfinder, uh, his, his uh, ability... 
um, is uh, he's got the zipline that is like his ult that everybody on the team can grab a zipline, which is essential for getting from point yeah, A to you, point B. I mean, like verticality is a huge part of the map. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then also a grapple uh, that fast charges that allows you to get up higher faster. And it's just for, for Pathfinder himself. Uh, and then uh, he's also got the ability throughout the map. There are these small scan locations and it allows him to go in and plug in, and he's he's uh, vulnerable. He can't move for about five seconds, but he shows where the next circle is going to be, which helps your team decide where they need to move next. Uh, so he, he feels like a decent character, but honestly, I, I keep coming back for the personality. He's got so many great quips. Um, it would be really easy to make his character really dry or dull or just, like, stereotypical robot funny, but they've really managed to bring some life to this character. Uh, those two are, are really my favorites. Justin, how about you, buddy? What have you been, what have you been maining? Uh, yeah, for me, it's Lifeline and Pathfinder, too, uh, for the same reasons that, uh, everybody else has mentioned. Lifeline, just because she's, well, she's fun to play, even as a support hero. Um, and again, that's kind of, I, because I always like playing healing characters, but, like, a lot of times they get locked to specific weapons and stuff that, I just don't think are Yeah, as, like if you wanted uh, to play support in Overwatch, like you could play Mercy who never uses a gun, or you could play yeah. Lucio who has like that shitty sounding test you know. Yeah, or even like in Battlefield five, um, you know, the medic class is restricted to SMGs, um, and that's a game that has longer range encounters um and stuff. Whereas like I can play lifeline and play a healer in in this and I can move just the same as everybody else. I can use the same guns, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, right. Pathfinder for the sheer, um, he, he's, I think he's very funny. I have a skin for him where he's covered in unicorns. Um, I, I enjoy Pathfinder's personality. And then Wraith, I, I have played a fair amount just because I think she's any a really yet? cool looking character. <laughs> um, has um, anyone unlocked I, Mirage? Yeah, I, I, I have both Mirage and Caustic. Okay. Yeah, I have them both. I haven't used them much. So I, I started, yeah. I unlocked Mirage last night and got to mess with them a little bit. And That decoy, man. It, People seem to fall for it a lot. Oh, yeah, I fall like for shocking. it. Yep. Which is, yep. is kind of crazy because in like every other competitive multiplayer game that's had an ability like that, no one ever falls for it. Yeah, no, it is, it is right. very convincing. And, and just, for, just for people at home, uh, the Mirage's character... Uh, can send out a sprinting character in front of you, which you can use if you're hiding like in cover. You can send him out, and he'll he'll act, yeah a hologram that will act as a distraction. Uh, and also, if you get uh, knocked into the down but not out state, uh, your character will turn invisible. Yeah, and that animation will really pop cool. up. It's very good. So so I mean, he's all about uh, decoys and sleight of hand. Uh, but yeah, he's he's, he's a, a trickster character that I think yeah. absolutely like we will see uh, that character evolve too. I think because. Mirage is behind that that grind or paywall. We haven't seen people get really good with him yet, yeah. but I mean, inevitably that character will be essential. Um, so, so a couple things before we before we start wrapping up, I wanted to talk about the uh, before the game even launched. Respawn was like, "Hey, we we have a roadmap of what we want to do for the next year." Smart. Uh, I think all of you so guys smart. have had, yes. I it's is essential with with Fortnite doing weekly updates. Having a roadmap is is crucial. Uh, does anybody want to take us over the the broad overview of what we're expecting from Apex Legends in the next year? Uh, sure. Um, so basically, it um, they are going to be adopting the Battle Pass system that um, Fortnite and several other games have used. Where um, I don't I don't think they've divulged pricing yet, but yeah. you, nope. usually it's around ten to fifteen dollars, um, and you unlock 
Um, basically, it un- it gives you an upgrade path for the season. Uh, seasons are going to last about three months. Uh, the first season starts in March. Uh, second season starts in June. Uh, third season, September. Fourth season, uh, December. And each one's going to have new, uh, new legends, new weapons, new loot, uh, new skins, stuff like that. So um, I think it has the potential to be a very lucrative model um, for this type of game, especially with legends being included in the battle pass. I think that's going to make well, I, them feel... I don't think they've confirmed that, have they? Have they confirmed that legends are actually in I, the battle think, pass yeah, themselves? They did. Yes, sure. yes, they it's, did. It has okay, the icon. I, I hadn't seen that. Because yeah, I, think, I think that's a that's a that's that's going to make the battle pass less of a just extra cosmetics thing to feeling more essential. And I think that will, um, you know, keep get a higher percentage of people buying it every season, which I think is a is a good strategy for the long-term health of the game and the studio. Right. And, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of, a a lot of vitriol thrown at Fortnite pot, you know, justified and not. uh, But I would say that the one thing that I can appreciate about Fortnite is that the introduction of the battle pass in a way that feels fair. Uh, The pricing model is, is such in, in a game like Fortnite, where if you buy it once, you could technically never have to buy it again because it gives you enough in-game currency that you could rebuy it. And even if you don't buy it, Um, you get something for free. Exactly. So, it, whereas games like PUBG have a much shorter window and cost the same amount, like I hope that we see EA adopt something akin to to Fortnite's. It's a little bit early, but the idea of new legends, weapons, and loot all behind, you know, uh, a quarterly battle pass uh, is at least reassuring that EA isn't gonna isn't hot dropping right, yeah. this game and then gonna move on. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels it feels like they've got a plan here. Uh, obviously, it, it's gonna come down to how balanced our character is going to be and how often can respawn create uh meaningful new content whether that's through events we do know they're going to have some events they already have a valentine's day uh which at the time you're listening to this is already passed they are going to have a valentine's day event so we know they're going to be doing some on the fly events so i respawn is showing that they're they're ready to do this so it's just uh time to see if they can execute I mean, it. they're veterans right they've been there before they're the guys that made fucking modern warfare too like you know, they've been the right. most popular game around before. They know what to do with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, I think, at least what makes me nervous is somebody who's bought in Titanfall 1 and Titanfall 2. Obviously, they never had this level of success, uh, but those games didn't end up getting the same long-term commitment that we maybe were expecting because uh, they, they couldn't hold on to an audience. But you know what? I think Respawn has shown they're i mean listen we've called them thoughtful for the past hour i think that i'm not ready you know what i mean i like i'm just gonna expect them to nail it and and uh be surprised if they don't i guess maddie do you want to say anything else about apex legends before we before we sign off buddy um no mostly just that i'm really excited about the future of this game i have not been into a battle royale yet um i had a little stint with fortnite um i got like one win and was very excited, and then I never won again. I dropped it. Um, but like, it this is, is the a first very one. Hard game to win for how casual friendly it is. Yeah, yeah. This is the first one that like I can see myself sticking with. Um, so, and I have faith in Respawn to knock it out of the park with post-release content. I'm sure they have a very detailed and thoughtful plan. Um, so I'm just really excited to see where it goes next. Right, Justin. Do you have anything? Uh, yeah. Um, like Maddie, I just wanted to say this is the first BR game that I've been really into, and I'm gonna be sticking with it for a while. Um, it's it's rare that I find competitive multiplayer games that I really want to play um, a lot, 
and even rarer where I find ones where I want to kind of experiment and really try to learn the ins and outs to get better. And after just a few games, like those hooks were in me with this game. Um, and plus I'm a big fan of Respawn. I want to see them be successful. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to be sticking with this for a while. I'm really impressed at the level of care and thought that went into almost every aspect of this game. There's so many just little, clever little quality of life features um, that we haven't even touched on, like um, the way it handles you know, inventory, stuff like that, that makes you able to just focus on the really fun parts of the game without getting bogged down in a lot of the more tedious stuff. So, um, and also, I just want to add, if you check, if you like this game, Titanfall 2 is regularly on sale for like five bucks. Five bucks. And that game is really, really awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, at this point, they should honestly just lower the price to five dollars because it's on and, sale. Yeah, they, they should, or, or like bundle in Apex coins or yeah, something. Really. But yeah, if you want want to check out more re- respawn stuff, um, yeah, check that game out too. <laughs> it's also got a very good single player mode. Yeah, the campaign in Titanfall Two is one of my favorites ever. Um, and it's I, yeah. it's seeing a resurgence right now, multiplayer wise, because of Apex Legend. Yes, uh, and I just for reference. Uh, when I played in, in, in anticipation of Apex Legends, I booted up Titanfall 2 last weekend, and there were about 1,000 players active on PC. Uh, this week, we are seeing reports of 10,000 people. So we're seeing a 10 times as many Damn. people log on. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, who knows if it's got legs, especially when Apex Legends is the new hotness. But it's really cool to see that game uh, get some, some credit that it deserves. Oh, Brandon, and, uh, oh, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. One last thing I just had forgotten to mention is on um, going off of the – you know, my Titanfall 2 plug. Um, I think this game's kind of a brilliant relaunch of an IP almost because um, after Titanfall 2 did not um, perform particularly well sales-wise and you hear that this game's set in the Titanfall universe, I think it's a great way to reintroduce a lot of people to that universe um, and, you know, kind of... so that the IP doesn't have to die out. And I think it's also going to be great for the name of respawn for future projects because i think a lot of people that you know follow games a lot uh know that it's former infinity ward up to modern warfare 2 that is respawn but i don't think a lot of the wider gaming audience at large does so i think this is going to set up a lot of future games from respawn to have a much higher profile which is exciting yeah now, Brandon, you have been a big Overwatch player, a big Fortnite player. Right? You have a tendency to pick a game and stick with it for a while. How do you feel about Apex? Mind-blowing that a game that takes so many influences from the other games that I've just been playing for like the last three years comes out of nowhere from developers that I love. Like, So my three favorite before Apex, my three favorite multiplayer games of this generation would be Overwatch, Fortnite, and Titanfall. Like that's what this that's what Apex Legends is. A little, <laughs> right. little bit of Overwatch, a right. little bit of Titanfall, a little bit of Battle Royale. Like insane. Game just comes out of nowhere and just kinda like appeals to every you know, everything that I enjoy. So what you're saying is you'll you'll be you'll be playing for a little while. I think you know, I think, couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm gonna keep this one on my hard drive for a bit. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Alright guys, well thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk about Apex with me. Uh Brandon, where can people find you on Twitter? At Antitrop. Gotcha. Maddie, where can people find you, buddy? Uh, at Maddie underscore Gregoire. And Justin. Uh, at Robo Plato. Okay, awesome. 
All right, thanks everybody. Zach, and where can they find you? <laughs> oh yeah, people can find me at Bearclaw Gaming because I'm never gonna let this really old at go away. So I'm stuck with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, at this point, uh, yeah, it would be too weird to change. Yeah, and of course you can find our uh, all of our SEGC content at at official SEGC on Twitter. We typically go live on Thursdays uh, with some content. We also have some pre-recorded and live content throughout the week. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, and uh, have a good one.